This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, and it's Christmas Eve, so we have something different for you today. After the headlines and top stories, we'll be joined by our resident soothsayer, Steve Vancour, who says some sooth that's hard to say. Donald Trump, when it comes to the stimulus package, you ready for it? He's, he's, I can't say it. Donald Trump is right about something. We'll get Steve's take on the year that disappointed just about everyone. 2020 turned out to be a real kidney stone of a year, but eventually this too shall pass. The governor signs an executive order to assure that seniors are the top priority once frontline health care workers have been vaccinated. And he says there is hope ahead. There's a lot of, of, of great things going on, a lot of hope, a lot of optimism. And I think that that's, uh, that's a good thing going into a new year. Vaccinations have already begun in long-term care, but the AARP says the death rate at Florida nursing homes has more than doubled since the Thanksgiving holidays. No holiday from the virus. The state health department reporting 121 additional fatalities Wednesday, 11,000 new cases of COVID-19. Donald Trump is dissing the COVID stimulus bill approved by Congress, saying the $600 checks are simply not enough. He wants 2000 Governor DeSantis says those checks are only a small part of a $900 billion COVID bill. I think it's hard to, to know when they write a 5,000-page bill, they publish it at, I think, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and then they pass it at 9 at night. Now, I don't know about you all, but I can't read 5,000 pages in six hours. It just ain't going to happen. The governor says his folks are going through the paperwork now, and it could take a couple of weeks to figure out how much money will be coming to Florida if that bill becomes a law. We'll blow off your daily calendar of political events today because there are none. State government is closed today and tomorrow for the Christmas holiday. But Florida man never takes a break. Today we'll have the story of a Florida couple accused of using COVID relief money to buy a mansion in central Florida. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Thursday, December 24th. On this date in 1826, a Christmas party at the U.S. Military Academy in West Point got out of hand. It became known as the Eggnog Riot or the Grog Mutiny. It lasted until the next day. This is Christmas Eve. It's National Eggnog Day and National Regifting Day. You sensing a pattern here? 121 names are added to the long list of the dead in Florida. That's 20,173 for now. The health department also reported 11,384 more cases of COVID-19 Wednesday. The total number of cases in Florida is now just one shy of 1,235,000. Across the state, more than 5,500 people are now hospitalized with COVID-19. Now that Florida hospitals have received enough of the Moderna vaccine to immunize frontline health care workers, Governor Ron DeSantis says seniors are moving to the head of the line. All 367,000 doses uh, have arrived at over 170 hospitals uh, over the last couple days. And of course, we had five major hospital systems the previous week receive the initial, some of the initial doses of the Pfizer vaccine. Um, they were getting additional Pfizer this week. We also uh, were able to do uh, 20,000 doses for the state strike teams. So we did over 100 long-term care facilities in six days in Pinellas and Broward counties because there was a high concentration of those facilities. We also have CVS and Walgreens vaccinating seniors and staff of long-term care facilities. That's been their mission that they've been contracted with with the federal government. So there's a lot of, of, of great things going on, a lot of hope, a lot of optimism. And I think that that's, uh, that's a good thing going into a new year. 
The governor has gone so far as to sign an executive order saying Floridians 65 and older are first in line once the nurses, doctors, and long-term care facilities are taken care of. That could happen in less than a week. There is, however, a catch. Our county health departments are beginning to receive a small amount of the vaccine, and they will begin administering the vaccine to individuals 65 and older as early as this coming Monday. Now, here is what we, what we have to tell people. We don't have enough vaccine to do everyone 65 and older in Florida at this moment. We have over 4 million people in that age group. Uh, we have vaccine doses that are in the hundreds of thousands uh, over and above eventually once we get through the long-term care and the nurses. And so we're going to continue to get vaccine every week, and we obviously are going to want to really make that available. Um, but I would just caution folks who are in that 65 and older, uh, don't rush to your local hospital or county health department uh, right now. Uh, you're going to have an opportunity to sign up, uh, I think, in very short order. Uh, we are going to be getting it to the county health departments, but it is going to be a relatively limited supply. So just say bear with us. Our priority is the elderly population. If we have enough vaccine, we'll get it out. Um, you know, as we continue to get more and more, we can make it broader and broader. But the bottom line is the state of Florida is prioritizing our COVID-19 vaccine for our seniors. They will have priority. More than 68,000 Floridians have received their first dose of the coronavirus vaccine. And while some politicians jump line to get their shots early, we're looking at you, Marco Rubio. Governor DeSantis says he will wait his turn. It makes no sense for someone that's 42 to jump ahead of somebody that's 70 years old. I mean, you can look at the, the data on this. It's very clear. And so I want to make sure that if there's one dose here in Pensacola left for this week, I want it to go to an elderly. I don't want it to go uh, t to me. Look, people got to do what they got to do. But I mean, for me, you know, I don't think it's, it's justifiable for me to, to go uh, ahead in the line. And uh, so we have a system. We want to get the elderly. And then at that point, as we get into the next uh, hopefully phase where we, maybe we get the Johnson and Johnson and you have all this, and if that proves to be effective, which we hope it will be, then I think you have an opportunity for kind of the broader public to be able to do it. I think you're going to see a lot of law enforcement folks, not that they're high risk, but if you have an outbreak and you have 10 deputies that have to isolate, that hurts the force. Fire, I think you'll see teachers, I think you'll see some of these other uh, workers in industry, some of like people working for utilities, all this. I think there's going to be a lot of interest in getting it at that time. And we obviously want to be uh, there and be able to provide support that we can. But in terms of um, elected officials jumping the line, uh, you're not going to see that with me. The governor is focused on seniors because they face the greatest danger from COVID. Consider a new report from the American Association for Retired Persons that the death rate at Florida nursing homes more than doubled during the Thanksgiving holiday. Three weeks before Thanksgiving, the fatality rate was about 23 deaths for every 10,000 residents. Six weeks later, it was 47 deaths. The AARP and other advocates for elder care say the state needs to do a better job helping nursing homes with testing of staff, visitors, vendors, or anyone else allowed into a home. Congress may have passed another COVID stimulus bill, but it's not over yet. Donald Trump says the $600 checks for individuals are not enough and that 2000 is more like it. Governor Ron DeSantis was asked if he wants the president to veto that bill, and the governor didn't actually say yay or nay. But he has a real problem with that $900 billion coronavirus relief package. I think it's hard to, to know when they write a 5,000-page bill 
They publish it at, I think, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and then they pass it at 9 at night. Now, I don't know about you all, but I can't read 5,000 pages in six hours. It just ain't going to happen. And so there was a lot of stuff tucked into that bill that we're going to, it's going to take weeks for us to try to figure out. I've got people digging in to see what does it mean for Florida. We're going to have to spend probably the next two or three weeks going through that to try to do it. And so what I would say is, I mean, he's got to make decisions he wants, but um, there could have been more relief targeted to people that have been hurt uh, since the coronavirus started, and hurt a lot of it through government policies. I mean, you know, some of these states are shut down. They've still had massive outbreaks, and yet they have all these people that have been out of work. You know, in Florida, we've really tried to make sure people had the ability to earn a living. It's very important to do that. You can still mitigate and, and, and do things responsibly, uh, but, but throwing people out of work just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Um, and so there was very little, I think the total amount of the, the payments was like 180, 190 billion, and they're spending all this other money. They're sending money to Pakistan. They're sending money to all these things. This is a, a situation where our country has had problems. Let's address those problems. And I think it showed exactly why we need term limits for members of Congress because they're not gonna change the way they do business. They're gonna continue doing it this way. And there's a lot of stuff in there I think that, that, that we need. I think people need relief. I think we need to have support for the vaccination programs on the COVID side. So, so yes, um, there, was, there was some stuff that, that's needed, but, but they got sidetracked. They put a lot of other stuff in there that really shouldn't have been. And I think it's because this is the way they do business. It's a few people in the leadership that jam this stuff through. And then we have to look as taxpayers and try to figure out whether this is something uh, that, that is good or not. Could you at least have waited another year for Pakistan? Could we have just not sent all this money overseas, given all that the country's going through right now? And I think we could have done it. I'd like to see them support uh, working folks more than they did in the bill. But we're going to figure out whether this stuff, what, what it means for Florida. I know we're looking through, we've been looking through the transportation, we've been looking through some of these other things. Uh, so we'll be able to potentially make some announcements about how we're going to deal with this if he does, in fact, um, sign the bill. Obviously, it passed with a very big margin. So, you know, whether a veto would be effective or not, I mean, I don't know. They'd have to look at the numbers on that. But passing bills without reading it, um, that's not the way you should do business. And, and I think it was, uh, was kind of sad to see just the way it was going. We've been waiting for a bill since June. We thought we'd get something in June, then July. Then they broke for August recess. Then we said, okay, they're gonna try, they gotta get something done before the election, right? They didn't do anything for the election. Obviously there was political reasons why they didn't do that, particularly Nancy Pelosi saying she didn't want to do it then. Um, and then we thought, okay, maybe they'll do something right after the election. No, we're right on the eve of Christmas now. So they've really had six months to, to think about this and to do it in that way with six months, it was, um, it, was, it was disappointing. But we'll make the best out of it in Florida no matter what happens. We'll be talking about that stimulus bill with one of my favorite guests, Steve Vancor. But first, a word from the sponsors. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. If you live along the I-4 corridor, learn to use your business experience to impact public policy. Apply by January 8th to the Central Florida Political Leadership Institute at cflpli.org. The Orlando Economic Partnership offers this free, nonpartisan program for business-minded leaders to explore whether elected or appointed office is right for them, discover political strategies to succeed and lead, and join a network of influencers. 
Apply by January 8th at cflpli.org. Welcome back to Sunrise. Our guest today is pundit, pollster, and political consultant Steve Vancor, who also serves as our spiritual guru here at the podcast. He's the one who makes purgatory fun. So I started the show by saying 2020 is a real kidney stone of a year, but it shall pass. What's your take, Steve? You know, Rick, the year, the year is ending. Uh, it's the great inversion, right? So, like, I got to tell you what happened. I have been tracking Jupiter and Saturn on this great convergence. I've been, I've been watching this for months now, excited, going out every night. And I planned a family vacation, took the boys out on it. We rented a private schooner off of the coast of Key West. We were going to snorkel at sundown, get up, and watch the great convergence, right? We're going to be out in the water. In the final few days, I started saying to my family and the girlfriends, they got tired of me hearing me say this, I don't think they're going to converge. And they were laughing at me, saying, you think all these astronomers got it wrong? I'm like, I'm tracking the guys. They're not going to converge, right? The biggest celestial event of the year. Did you see it, Rick? I saw absolutely nothing, yeah. They were close, but they didn't converge. And I feel like... This is the year, right? Everything in 2020, just we started the year with optimism. We started the year. The Democrats are going to pick up seats in the House. They were going to take over the Senate. They were going to defeat Trump. There was going to be this exciting new – and everything happened opposite. The guy that we all thought was not going to make it through the primaries, lost, what, the first four in a row badly, ends up winning, winning the presidency eh, pretty, pretty handily, right? Uh, of course, there's, there's a guy in the White House who still doesn't believe it, but that happened. So I find myself in this great arguing with every astronomer on the planet. They did not converge, everyone. They were separated still. They were close. It was really cool. It was really cool to be out on the coast of Key West at the time. But here's the other part, Rick. I find myself entering the end of the year going, now, I'm going to channel my inner Fonzie. You remember the episode in Happy Days? where Fonzie found out he was wrong, but he couldn't admit it. Raw, he kept going, I went, raw, raw, I'm raw, raw, raw. Donald Trump, when it comes to the stimulus package, you ready for it? He's, he's, <laughs> I can't say it. <laughs> Donald Trump is right about something. Okay, I don't, want to, I don't want him to be right about anything. It's too inconvenient. Now, that didn't hurt but, too much to say but, that, did it? it? It caused me actual pain, especially on the air. He was, he's right. It's too little. They, they dropped the enhanced uh, uh, unemployment benefits from 600 to 300. You get a one-time 600, but the 300 a week for only 11 weeks is not enough. It became the Christmas tree of all Christmas trees. We, but we did, we did extend the tax deductibility for high-end business lunches, very important. We, we sped up the approval of sunscreen, critical to COVID. Uh, we put through a bunch of union stuff. Uh, my favorite, my favorite uh, Christmas tree that they added on to the bill was money for sexual abstinence. Republicans insisted on putting in money for sexual abstinence education. I figured, Rick, we're going to be stuck through the mismanagement of COVID. We're going to be stuck at home. Oh, my God. Now they're going to take away the one last thing. Right? We got left. We're screwed. Now, don't, we don't are be, screwed. Well, not if the Republicans have their way through the sexual <laughs> abstinence thing, but you can't even have that. But we have money for Sudan. We have money for gender studies in Pakistan. Uh, so Donald Trump is, it's not enough to down payment. That's how we end the year. And then I looked at Rick, uh, Ron DeSantis, right? I, listen, the overarching thing is I do, I do believe his, his herky jerky management of COVID has been awful. Uh, they did get provisions out. They did get logistics taken care of. He handled a hurricane season very well, 
but overall, it's, I think it's been a relative disaster. Now you look at his accomplishments for the year, and truly, my hat's off. The way they've been dealing with mental health, putting real money on the ground in mental health, good job. Made some good movements on the environment. Of course, the, the shark fin, uh, signing the shark fin bill was fantastic, but he's done other good things. He's been, we had no algae outbreaks this year because of the way they've managed the lake. Good for them. Uh, more money for schools, pay raises for teachers. Good job, good job, good job. Uh, so I found myself in this great inversion, Rick. The stars didn't align, literally, the planets didn't align. I find myself ending the year saying Donald Trump is right and Rick Ron DeSantis did a pretty good job overall. When you take out, when you take out uh, his management of the uh, of the of the fungus, as a friend of mine calls it. Uh, so with that, there, there you have it. That's my end of the year analysis. Leave it at that. What do you think? Lost in space. I think that's your theme. <laughs> Lost in space. We don't know what to think. Rick, have a, uh, a happy, happy new year. I intend to do, and I hope your folks will do the same, and we will do this again next year. Can't, can't, can't be, it can't, 2021 can't be any worse than 2020 was. Uh, I'm trying to keep a, a positive frame. Let's, let's hope this vaccine gets out there. We get a whole bunch of them. Uh, people start taking them, and we look forward, this thing becomes something in our rearview mirror. Steve will continue to share his wit and wisdom with Sunrise in the new year. Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed is giving Santa the go-ahead to make deliveries in Florida. Her agency has issued a Certificate of Animal Movement to Mr. and Mrs. Claus of the North Pole. The certificate will allow the reindeer to enter and exit all homes, domiciles, encampments, and premises in the state of Florida between the hours of 8 p.m. tonight and 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. Santa has also been advised to wear a mask because of the surge in COVID cases, especially when he's delivering gifts. And no, I did not make this up. This is an actual press release from the Office of the State Agriculture Commissioner. Finally today, our Florida Man segment. Well, it's the story of a Florida couple accused of using COVID relief money to buy expensive cars and a multi-million dollar mansion in Seminole County. Don Cisternino and his partner, Lori Kwaski, purchased a $3.5 million mansion in July. Prosecutors say they used money from the Paycheck Protection Program that was set up to help businesses pay their employees during the pandemic. It was the second time in four days the feds in Orlando tried to seize money or property from someone accused of lying to get a multi-million dollar loan from the Paycheck Protection Program. That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, and we're taking a break for the holidays. Sunrise returns January 4th, when we will dive right back in and plumb the depths of Florida politics. Until then, have a wonderful holiday and a great new year.